Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Steadfast Runners podcast, the Steadcast. I'm your host, Kieran Clements, joined by a co-host, Sam Wade. Mr. Sam Wade. And how are you doing today, Sam? How's I'm, everything going? I'm doing good. And I'm also doing good with the knowledge that hopefully now our listeners are having a lot more of a convenient time listening to us on Apple and on Spotify. Well, hey, we're legitimate. We're there a real we podcast. We're a real <laughs> podcast now. You can put us on in the car on your way to work on a grim Monday morning. Woo! We should have got some party poppers in. That's a big celebration. Big <laughs> or, celebratory moment for or, us. Yeah, or some uh, some paper hats or maybe <laughs> maybe even a bottle of champagne or something, but there we go we'll treat ourselves after we're done still early yeah yeah exactly it's early days yeah but so other than being a real podcast finally how is your running and everything going yeah generally going well obviously you and i have chin wagged about it outside of the pod but to bring everyone else who might be listening up to speed we introduced this project park run for me a little while ago which is where we're going to take the things that we talked about in our top of your game podcast and apply them to me over a four-week period, and I'm three quarters of the way through that. About three quarters of the way yeah, through. Yeah, we're nine days, maybe. nine days out from D-Day, <laughs> and we're hoping that the weather is going to improve before the Saturday after next. Because yeah. that's when Sam is going to be trying to run as much faster than night. I always get this wrong. 1911. 14. 19. <laughs> I've overestimated him again. 1914. He's going to be trying to run as much faster than 1914 as he possibly can. I think I know what kind of shape he's going to be in on the day. I'm not going to say it because it's probably going to scare him a little bit. Yeah. And you know what? I honestly don't have a clue. All I know is that the runs that you're setting me, I've had a little blip, which I've kind of got over just over the last couple of days. Mm-hmm. Um, but the sessions where I have had to make it count on the track, obviously on the hills, those ones that are newer to me, they've been reintroduced into yeah. my training, my kind of fitness uh, over the last few weeks. I feel like I've attacked those. And certainly I know when I've come away from them, I've hurt. Which Big is, time. No, you've been working really hard and you've had a tough time of it with weather and conditions as well. I mean, that session that we did on the track last Wednesday where it was just frozen and you were spinning your wheels and getting absolutely <laughs> nowhere. It was, uh, but still hitting pretty damn good splits. I mean, a hell of a lot quicker than 1914. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why that 14 just doesn't it stick. It throws you. Yeah. yeah, it really does. But yeah, yeah. I mean, I think the slowest rep that you ran was still much quicker than that. So yeah, that's something to really take uh, take confidence away from. And then you had your fart like that you did on Saturday, which I made you double up a pretty hard session that day. So yeah, that hurt. Yeah, we're looking good. And then we've got some hills for you to do later on today. Goody gumdrops, hey. <laughs> and no, no doubt I won't be able to get out to those until it is pitch black, freezing cold, and. Uh, I'll have to, <laughs> I'll have to just tackle tackle them. Come what may. Yeah, well, it's a Thursday night actually, so you may have some Harriers for company on Valley Road as well. Oh, so God, that'll no. be fun. Try and keep up with uh, some of the club runners. Easy work, mate. Easy work. <laughs> I, I reckon you might actually have quite a few of them. To be fair, <laughs> we'll do respect. But... Yeah. Anyway, how's things with you then? Because obviously you've got your race coming up in France in the not too distant future. Yeah, so it's on the 29th of December. I've got a 10K race in Julias, which is about 10 miles north of Paris. Um, yeah, training's going fairly well. Well, um, I'm sat here. I'm certainly dedicated because I'm sat here in a pair of borrowed tracksuit bottoms and socks, having <laughs> arrived here about an hour ago, absolutely soaked through and disheveled from doing a session of in and out 800s uh, around the roads around Ipswich. So, yeah. yeah, it's going well. I've been doing some pretty... Not scary, but um, how, how should we phrase this? Some pretty new stuff in training uh, okay. the last couple of weeks. I've kind of turned a page a little bit after the disappointment of Liverpool a few weeks ago. 
seemed to have just sort of spurred me on. And I think having that week where I had kind of a, a taper week coming into it and then wasn't, as I said in the last podcast, wasn't really able to give a full effort in the race because I was just sort of spinning my wheels in the mud and not really, not really getting anywhere. I wasn't able to run as hard as I could. That kind of rest week has allowed me to, or not rest week, but slightly easier week, I think allowed me to make some adaptions to the training that I was doing before and has then brought me on another little bit of a level in training Yeah, this last couple of weeks. So that's been cool. Yeah, I've been doing some some good stuff in training. So hopefully yeah. I can just show that in the in the race on race day. Yeah, and to be fair, and to tick one of our boxes, anyone who's new to the podcast as well, you need to understand, if you go back and listen to them, we tend to have these three boxes that we tick. Uh, Getting through, it in in the first five minutes. He's I'm, keen today. I'm keen today, um, is we try and tick three boxes, which is we reference the, the god of marathon running. <laughs> Mr. Kipchoge, yeah. Salute. We throwing a boxing reference because outside of running I will talk all day happily about boxing as well <laughs> and Kieran usually likes to have a little rant about a certain tick based uh, <laughs> a tick based uh, sports brand I believe it's actually a swoosh, a swoosh. is the official word for there you it go. you're just a pawn on their giant chessboard oh, <laughs> <laughs> but anyway to to you know to draw metaphor and tick one of our boxes uh, obviously AJ who won back all his belts the other day, you were watching with yeah, me. Yeah, indeed. You know, to talk about parallels from your training, he went through a loss. That was a real big thing for him in his career. And mm. he shook it up and he's done things differently. And now... And he's come back and he looked like a whole... He's a scary boxer now. Yeah, having well, to face him. Like he, well, now he has two options, doesn't he? It depends what he feels like doing. He can knock you out in the first round. Or he can, or he can just go all 12 and just like technically jab your face ruin off, you yeah. yeah and that's the thing you know and to draw a parallel f- from you it sounds to me like that race was not necessarily you know we don't want to talk about it as a loss if if you don't want to but oh it, i'll talk about it it was a loss it was a huge L for me you know and and as a result you've now kind of drawn motivation from that loss to come back and go you know because the thing is had you you know run second but you know or second or third and not been where you wanted to be you might have come away from it going like Oh well, it almost works if I just do the same thing a little bit harder. Yeah. Well, if it was yeah, if it was just kind of an average race, then it would have been. I wouldn't be quite so disillusioned as I am with cross country. And yeah. like I said in the last pod, this is my unofficial retirement from <laughs> cross country running. Like I'm a, I'm a road and a track guy now. Yeah. Um, whereas it feels pretty like... much exclusively. Whereas that it was nice to have that kind of final nail in that coffin. Yeah. It's a back As to it the were, and it's board. basically yeah, and it's yeah. now really inspired me to have a proper focused go at running on the roads in the winter and the track in the summer. Yeah. Whereas last year I was all over the place. I was, do I run cross country? Do I run road races? Do I run indoor track? The winter was just a whole mess of, and I eventually ended up trying to do everything, which I think is why I had a slightly below par summer last year as well. Yeah, and do you know what? We obviously have sort of tried to lay out a bit of a structure before we joined on this pod because, listeners, we tried to do something else earlier and it just didn't work for us. And we just thought about, you know, what's yeah, a more... Well, I think we had about 15 minutes of me talking and nodding. <laughs> and, you know, we were thinking what's more seasonable and relatable. And we've already talked about it. We've said winter running, you know. And it's we're hard. Saying, and finding your motivation. So the yeah. whole you know, meat of this pod, really, we want to introduce the whole idea of how you as a listener, how you as a runner can you know, find your focus and get the best out of yourselves, even when conditions are really, really difficult. Basically, yeah. I mean, we'll probably end up calling this podcast like, I don't know, 
guide to the winter grind or how to yeah. get through winter training or something yeah. like that but winter survival guide for <laughs> survival tips yeah, yeah basically because I mean, that's kind of what the winter's about, especially these next couple of months where there's not a huge amount of races in December, January kind of time. It's more building out of the autumn and into the spring. And yeah. you've got your cross countries and a few road races and indoors if people choose to go that way. But most of the focus through these next couple of months through December, January is just on training. And when you're in these long training blocks and the weather's hard, like it's cold it's raining it's windy it's been particularly really windy the last week or so here which makes it harder to hit splits for example it's really hard to have that motivation when you feel like you're getting kind of knocked down and you're just kind of fighting against uh well fighting against the wind really yeah yeah (laughs) you're uh urinating into the breeze as it were (laughs) what a political politically correct way to say it um but yeah not like me at all i forgot that you know how to do the little bleeps as well i should have just said it properly (laughs) save my dignity (laughs) um yeah uh, but you've touched on it there and what i think is is really important and certainly something that i focus on a lot to overcome is the motivation part is difficult because you know that the the actual work rate side things running in the summer and running in the winter they don't actually oh they're so different it's it's so much easier in the summer i mean this is this is why you get fair weather runners which yeah i probably never used that term with you before because neither of us are fair weather runners but yeah a fair weather runner is someone who really only gets out of bed when it's actually decent conditions to go and run or race and you can have them at all sorts of levels at sort of the amateur kind of beginner type of level. It's, you know, somebody who won't actually go for a run unless it's 20 degrees sunny and there's no wind. <laughs> Whereas at kind of the elite level, it's somebody that, you know, if it's tough conditions on race day or if it's a bit windy or something like that, they either just won't show up or just won't run well at all. You go, yeah. They'll just sort of jog around and not really give it a full effort. That, that's kind of what I define as a fair weather runner. And those guys do not do well in the winter because because you don't have fair weather. It's terrible pretty much all the time. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but what I find the biggest motivator for me in the winter when it's you really just don't feel like running, like running is the last thing you want to do. And yes, listeners, at every level... Olympic champions get up some days and the last thing they want to do is go for a run. (laughs) Not many people know that. That's like, to a lot of people, that's probably going to be kind of shocking to hear. But yeah, myself as an international runner, I get up quite often in the winter and just cannot be bothered to go for a run. Yeah. But one of the things that motivates me personally more than anything is having a goal. And I touched on that a minute ago where there's not a lot of racing to be done around this time of year. So that goal could be far in the future. Let's say say you're running a 10K in February, at the beginning of February on the roads. That could be your goal that you're working towards or even miniature goals in training. Like yeah. if you've got certain, say that. you know, you want to hit a certain weekly mileage or which I don't personally believe in, but if that's your goal, that's your goal. Whatever kind of makes you tick, I think goal setting is, in my mind, the most important thing for motivating yourself to go out and train during the winter. Because if you don't have a goal, why would you do it? Yeah, and and to be fair, I think what you touched on is setting yourself even just like a training goal. So you could be listening to this as somebody who maybe doesn't have a race coming up, you know, a 5K, a 10K, a whatever it might be. Mm, which How- I think at this time of year, quite a lot of people will be. Yeah. They'll be thinking, oh, well, my next race is I'm going to run, I don't know, let's just say the big half on the 1st of March, 
building into the London Marathon yeah. at, the, at the end of April. Yeah, so it can be difficult sometimes because not everyone will have that. However, mm. if you are the kind of person who is determined to go out and get the run in regardless, like Kieran says, set yourself a little goal of, you know, instead of doing, you know, do your normal runs, go, oh, well, actually I ran, you know, 18.2 miles last week. Maybe I, maybe I can <laughs> Let's get Let's try and run 20 this week. 20 yeah. or 22. And, and by doing that, you'll probably find yourself in those moments of, you know, waking up and going, oh, not today. Exactly. You go, if I don't do that, I'll be really not, you know, go and write it on a piece of paper and stick it on your rule, you know, write a big 20 <laughs> or something like that. Exactly. And uh, with goals, with setting mileage goals, you need to be careful because obviously if you overdo it, you can get injured, things like that. But this is often for most people a kind of a base phase. Yeah. So mileage goals at this time of the year aren't, I mean, mileage goals in my mind are always slightly the enemy, but they're not so bad at this time of year. Like if that's something that's going to get you through your training, then that's good. Another thing that you want to be careful of with goal setting at this time of year as well is time and kind of pace-based goals, if that makes sense. So let's say if you're using parkrun for training, don't set yourself a time goal for parkrun but use it almost, and I know this is this is kind of sacrilege against like the the spirit of parkrun, but hey, use it as a race. Yeah. Say I want to win or I want to come top five or top 10 or top 30 or make a goal that's realistic to your ability level yeah. rather than saying I want to break 20 minutes or I want to break 30 minutes or whatever your ability level is. Set yourself a placing goal rather than a time goal because at this time of year, like you never know what the weather's going to bring you. Yeah, and you know what? That's really interesting. Something that's just jumped into my mind as you've said that Mm -hmm. is that the advantage of doing that is that a clock will never, ever change throughout the year. Regardless of conditions, the clock never changes. Exactly. But if you're running in a race scenario the conditions that change affect everyone. Exactly. It doesn't just affect you. Like your time... If you were going out and doing a time trial by yourself, let's just call it 5K, it could be minutes different depending on the weather, the conditions underfoot. Which, which direction the wind is which, blowing. Exactly. Which, it, well, which direction a, you run, yeah. Yeah, if it's a point-to-point course, like, oh, yeah, massively. The wind behind you versus the wind in your face. I mean, I've seen I've seen it credited with as much as about 17 seconds per mile. Wow. Just having the wind. Yeah with or against you so yeah well, that pretty quickly adds up to a minute doesn't it well, uh, yeah it's over, only, five, over yeah. 5k that is pretty much exactly a minute yeah and and you just yeah you feel different you don't feel so good on some days like sometimes you need to kind of race against somebody or just stick to somebody yeah as your motivation like it all comes back again to that motivation doesn't it like what makes you tick find what makes you tick and use that to get yourself out the door and to get the most out of yourself in these months where it's really hard yeah to get that and to kind of sidestep from goal setting the other thing that obviously you and i talk about a fair amount which i notice myself really struggling with if if it doesn't go kind of to plan is that accountability like i was saying to you i missed Mm. my long run the other day just through personal circumstance and you know i didn't miss running 10 miles because who misses it <laughs> yeah, in, I, I weirdly do but in, in, yeah i know what you mean it's in the more... freezing cold um but what i mean by it literally is the whole time where i wasn't doing it the thing that was on my mind was oh i've missed it like i should have run it and and mentally mm. for me that was 
it was really frustrating. It's mentally. harder sometimes doing that than actually getting yourself through a 10 mile run. And it may have been that the circumstances of your day, if you had done a 10 mile run, that would have actually been worse for your training than you having not done it. Cause you would have just, it might've been too much for you, or it might've been that you would run too hard cause you were frustrated in other areas. Yeah. But I know what you mean. It's that that guilt of not training is sometimes, and more often than not for me, is enough to get you out the door and yeah. get it done. Yeah. So, you know, that whole concept of goal setting, it's actually kind of a two-pinned attack, a two-pronged attack, isn't it? Because Yeah, it's you're motivated to chase the goal, Yeah, but it also pushes you out the guilt kind of pushes you out the door yeah it's effect yeah it's effectively you've got a goal ahead of you which you run towards and you've potentially got guilt just over your shoulder and you don't <laughs> let, you don't let it catch up to yeah it's like the angel and the devil on yeah. your shoulder of uh, you've got your goals and then you've got your guilt that's a nice that's a nice way to visualize it. that's but they're I, they're kind of working together to get you out round a run so that's it yeah yeah um it, it, yeah it's a, it's a real thing though and like i say for me certainly I have the days where I'm thinking, oh, if I don't do it now, I have to. Yeah, if I don't do it now, I won't get it done. And that, mm. that again, that accountability is is a big it's thing. It's big, for me. and the accountability also just factoring in. Just this is kind of an aside, but it's something that I thought about the other day, which I thought might be worth putting out there. Accountability really is so key with running, and it's key when you're working with a coach because it gives accountability on both sides. Like you and I, as a coach-athlete relationship, you have the accountability to get it done because it's something that I've set for you. Yeah. But I then also have the accountability to set you the right thing to do. Yeah. So it's on both sides and to make sure that you do it to the best best of your ability and also in the smartest way possible. Yeah. Like you missed that 10 mile run and then the next day you're like, right, that's fine. I'll just, I'll do it today. And I had to say to you like, no, no, let's, instead of that, maybe let's split it up into five miles one day, five miles the next day. Yeah. Or a six and a four or something like that. Interesting. And that leads me on to the next point that we've got here. And that's making smart adjustments. If you think that you're not going to be able to get the training in that you had planned on a certain day, you're going to have to sometimes make adjustments and you've got to make those in a smart way. So whether that is, like we said with you, with splitting a 10-mile run on one day into two fives because we don't want you tired for a session on the third day. Yeah. Or if it's adjusting the pace, like when you had that slippery workout on the track, I was, um, I had to kind of think on the fly to get you to run a little bit slower so yeah. that you wouldn't go out and try and run pace and either hit the session and be way too tired for the next week or hit the paces early on and then blow up in the second half. Or keep in mind the fact that picture the scene, listeners. We're down at Northgate Track. The floodlights are on, but it's freezing cold. There's bits of the track that are frosty. It's <laughs> oh, there's most of the track is frosty. Yeah, yeah. Going there's an out, ice rink around there. Yeah, kind of injury prevention as well. I could have flown out, gone round. And well, yeah, I, I was, I was this close to pulling you off the track and just being like, "No, let's just yeah. do it on the infield." But yeah, um, it was just about safe to get you round. That's it. But you know, making those smart adjustments. I guess my point is that you've got to be smart about everything at this time of year because it yeah. isn't. It isn't just a case of oh, it's a bit hard because it's dark at four o'clock in the afternoon it's tough because it is wet it is slippy you need to actually consider the environment you're running in and and your you know exactly well let's say health carrying forward because if you if you go and roll your ankle in a pothole that you didn't see mm, yeah you know, i mean that suddenly yeah that session you were taking a risk to try and hit that session or that run 
but suddenly then when you're trying to do that and you've overextended yourself suddenly boom you've rolled your ankle that's you out for six weeks or, or however long it is depending on how serious the damage is and exactly if you did six weeks of rubbish training that's probably going to be better than you know one really good session and then six weeks of nothing exactly yeah <laughs> so know? so i think it's i i personally from obviously saying that and using that phrase smart adjustments i think it's really important to consider that those aren't just you know breaking a rundown it's things like that it's, yeah. it's conditioning you know sorry uh, appreciating the conditions that you're running in to exactly. make sure that you know you're not going to make si- almost you know we can use smart and silly is kind of two sides of the same coin is you're making smart adjustments so you don't make silly mistakes and it's, it's, <laughs> yeah it's, it's a way to think about it at least no definitely and it's i wish we had like an acronym or something for smart because that would have been a really good one an SMI. Yeah. <laughs> but we don't so that's sorry your, listeners that's, that's your task you're the one who writes yeah, the, you're the one who writes blog posts and tries to come <laughs> up with little things that help athletes that's your job not mine yeah. not mine well, well, what could we have <laughs> S can be the silly that you said. Silly mistakes will be made if you don't make adjustments. Yeah. M, make adjustments. A, adjust. <laughs> this is so cheap. This, <laughs> this is rubbish. R, the right way to do it. <laughs> T, terrible acronyms brought to you by Steadfast Runners. <laughs> oh, but dear. no, make smart adjustments, whether that's... If you're going out for a tempo run and it's 20 miles an hour wind and your tempo pace is normally six minute mile, run six tens or six twenties. If it's freezing cold and you don't, and uh, you're somebody that doesn't really warm up on runs. I've got, if a, you've lot got a long, I've got a lot better, I might add. You warm up too much on runs. <laughs> I just, or yeah, you, if it takes you a while to get going, like just start off easier for a long run if it's cold or cut the run down or double up on a long run day if it's really bad conditions if it's raining and you're getting absolutely soaked five miles into a 10 miler just call it at eight to avoid getting hypothermia you know (laughs) it's just it's making these sensible decisions like you say to avoid making silly mistakes yeah because if it's peeing it down we're we're censoring ourselves well here it was peeing it down and you have a 12 miler to do you get to seven or eight and you're absolutely soaked. Finishing that 12 miler may seem kind of, you know, heroic or whatever you want to call it. But if you finish that 10 miler and it results in you getting, you know, getting sick or injured or something like that, then it's not worth it. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. And it's, it's because that will, it's like it puts you out for another week rather than, having one day of worse training and then a week of consistency after that, if the weather, say, improves or warms up or just stops raining, which doesn't look like we're going to get here anytime soon. But yeah, yeah, it's just making smart decisions. And that brings me on to, I think, probably a pretty weak segue into the next point, though, of just having the right gear. Yeah, and and to be fair, I don't think we need to dwell on that too much, but I'll give you an example. Last night I went out, and it was probably about 7 o'clock when I went out last night, mm-hmm. um, and I was looking through my wardrobe just to grab a shirt to go out in, and I had a black one, and I had a bright neon green one. And I grab, <laughs> I went to grab the black, I put, pulled it off the hangout, and then just suddenly thought, nah. Not Hang on, this. I'm going to get run over and killed if I wear black. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah. It wasn't a, it wasn't obviously a sensible suggestion. And I think if we summarize some really sensible things, certainly that I've learned recently as somebody who is a pretty much a t-shirt and shorts kind of runner all the year round, 
uh, one things that I've learned, gloves will do literally anything for you. If you want to take 50 minutes off your best marathon time, buy a pair of gloves <laughs> and you'll fly. I thought you were going to say mile time at first. <laughs> yeah, honestly, anyone who wears gloves when they run in the winter will be able to run a mile in under four minutes. That is a... Uh, <laughs> oh, that's true yeah that's maybe that's where i've tripped up that's why i've run four flat only i don't have a good enough pair of gloves that's it yeah um but honestly running uh, in just the right gear it's made such a difference it's essential it's made such a difference to the way that i feel and the confidence that i have going out to do certain runs especially at this time of year and i know mm-hmm. that sounds really silly but for me i would go out and I'd come back and my hand, you know what it's like, we went out for that run, my hands were frozen. Yeah. And it took me the rest of the day, and not even for my running stuff, just for like the stuff that I wanted to get done for the rest <laughs> of the day. It was a real challenge for me because... Yeah, no, well, I know what you mean. I've, I've been on plenty of runs where I've forgotten gloves and just gone out and it's been like, I've come back and I can't even get my shoes off because exactly. hands are just frozen. Exactly. And well, it's where it may having the right gear is a combination of if you're running in the dark for god's sake just make sure you're seen yeah have a headlamp if you need one if it's you're running on sort of country roads and things like that which i sometimes do like yeah there's not street lighting or anything have wear reflective clothing if you don't have reflective clothing wear bright clothing yeah just make sure you're seen because if a car doesn't see you they're gonna kill you (laughs) simple as splat and also just make sure like make sure you're staying warm enough but don't also overdress like the worst thing you can do is go out for a run and say you're doing a 10 miler go out sweat in the first couple of miles and then you've just got this cold like cold sweat on you slowly it's, freezing it's for the next eight miles it's i've done that many a time and it's horrible yeah. but you need to obviously wear enough because if you go out for a run and you never warm up you're never gonna get into it you're gonna risk injury and pulled yeah. muscles and all sorts of terrible things which are gonna ruin your winter even though you won't have to run for the rest of the winter so it would make yeah. this pod pretty much Not pretty much yeah. <laughs> yeah well yeah, and I, I think really the biggest thing out of all of this, yeah, because we don't need to focus on gear, because I'd like to think that anyone who listens is sensible enough to wear wear something bright if they go out in the yeah, dark. Yeah, well, most people with half a brain already <laughs> own gloves to go out for a run in the winter, so... <laughs> dot, dot, dot. Um, but yeah, the, the big thing, I think, more so than anyone else, and I will be happy to share a couple of things that help me, I'm sure Kieran will as well, is this is, this is all when it comes down to just mind games, and running, as we know, is a sport that is full of mind games i think it's oh it's pro- like 90 percent mind games 10 percent fitness literally so i think the biggest thing for most people is that motivation to get out of bed and you know and just and just do it you know yeah it's getting out the door is by far the hardest part i think for most people yeah so you know in terms of things that i would share and i don't have the oracle of knowledge that kieran does however things that really help me get out obviously accountability is a big thing that we've talked about Mm. um i would actually just a quick aside i would actually argue you probably have more knowledge than i do on motivating yourself to get out when you don't want to because i kind of have to yeah i guess so yeah it's your job so yeah yeah i i think you're probably the expert on this actually but uh, go (laughs) on here we go (laughs) that's the sound of me rubbing my hands together with delight at being called an expert (laughs) Um, (laughs) okay we went asmr for a second (laughs) anyway yeah so the big things for me and things that i do and i know that i know that people get off put by it and you know you don't have to get up early to be successful sports person trust me you don't however and here's my big however the one things that i find are that if you get up early and you can get out and do it you'll probably wake up and you'll probably feel a bit fresher especially 
if you are the kind of person that has, let's say, for example, a day job to go to, or at this time of year especially, it's what, it's December the 12th today? Yep. You know, obviously the C word is looming around the corner. So there's office parties and people want you to go out for a drink and all that sort of thing. And it's really easy to miss, you know. Oh, this is the hardest time of year to be consistent. Yeah. By and, far. And the thing is, I would hazard a guess is if you just try, just try it, and you can come back and swear at me if you don't think so. But if you do have, you know, a day job, like a nine to five, you've got a schedule or something like that, try going out and just try and doing something a little bit earlier. And I promise you, it's not as scary as it sounds. Yeah, and this is all you miss is you miss an hour's sleep. So what? It's not that bad. Go to bed an hour earlier. Well, yeah. You know, you... <laughs> there you go. Well, and also, even if you are out at, you know, your office Christmas party or Christmas meal or whatever that is, and you have a few bevies... The best way, I promise, to get over a hangover is to get out and go for a run and sweat. Yeah. I honestly, if I've been out the night before, and granted, I'm an old man. I don't go out so much anymore. I can't even remember the last time we properly had a few drinks. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like it just, it makes you feel so much better. If I, like, if I've been out the night before, I don't feel like a real person until I've gone out and done a run. <laughs> it's It's like my equivalent of like a big dirty fry up or something and you know whatever it might be is if, if you can get something to you know get your body up and get going early i it's helped me a hell of a lot and in mm. terms of me having a you know a more traditional kind of you know normal day with a job and with other things to do maybe in someone like you who has a little bit more time during the middle part of the day to do do that sort of thing mm -hmm. i find it easier um the other well i'm yeah i'm fortunate in that i can and you know if you do have a bit of time i think this is a good trick and i use it myself is have a look at the weather and wait until it's the best conditions in that day now if i'm running twice a day i don't have quite so much flexibility which i do probably four or five times a week run twice a day but you can still find the best time in the morning and the best time in the evening to find to do to go out and do that run so Say if it's going to be raining at 9 a.m., but it's going to be really nice and sunny at midday, yeah. just hold off until then. Like, do your run then. If you've got the time and the flexibility, say if you work a job with flexi time, for example, yeah, or if it's the weekend, for another example, and you don't have plans with friends or family or whatever, or other commitments, like, just run at the time when it's nicest. I promise you will feel so much better. Yeah, it does make a huge difference. Um, Same in the summer. Like, if you get up early in the summer to avoid the heat, like... You're oh, going to feel a lot better if you go. So, so much better. There are very few things better than a nice summer evening steady run. Yeah. So, oh, so good. It's very peaceful. A nice eight to 10 mile run at like 7 p.m. on a, on a June evening. Oh, <laughs> everyone, get me there. Everyone else would go out for a pint. But <laughs> <laughs> well, obviously you finish at the pub. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there we go. That's the right motivation. Oh, um, but yeah, if it's the World Cup or Europeans double as good <laughs> yeah again though i think those mind games like i say find ways to to fit it into your routine and as long as you as long as you plan for it it won't be as bad as it sounds definitely um, and one of the things that i wrote down here in my notes is getting out the door is the hardest part but once you're out you're out yeah and this is what i was going to then kind of follow up to say and obviously mm. you and i talked about a big thing for me and especially when i do get up and, and run early which is something i enjoy doing is that i have that kind of almost arrogance to myself to go yeah i'm doing this no one else is and, and for yeah. me like do you remember when we we're down at the track and i said it's it almost gives you like running brownie points a little bit oh yeah the worst the worst conditions 
that you run in, the better your run was. <laughs> like, yeah. You can tell yourself that. That's and exactly. it's like, it, it does, it really does work though. Like it really toughens you up. Like, so I ran my session today and like I said, I came in here and I was dripping with rain and I'd been whacked around by the wind for an hour and a half or two hours or however long it was I was out there. And I was nowhere near my splits, but I think I got better today than I did on Tuesday when I absolutely nailed my session in good conditions. Yeah, yeah. If that makes sense, because it's yeah, just... It's that mental fortitude, isn't it? Yeah, like a lot of people would have packed it in today. I mean, based on how I felt after just... I had 11 sets of what I was doing, and how I felt after literally three, I was like, oh man, like I should probably just pack this in, come back tomorrow. Yeah. But I didn't, I got through it, I was near enough to my splits that it was... I fulfilled the purpose of the session and I got better today. Yeah. And that's what you can tell yourself. Like, get, as soon as you get out the door and do just something, yeah, you get better. Yeah, and the thing is, and, and to draw a parallel from something that I did the other day is, you remember Sam French, who we talked about in a pod mm-hmm. not that long ago, going out for his very first run. Yeah. We've gone out for a couple of runs now and a couple of them have been in horrible conditions. Wet, <laughs> wind, cold. And we sound so soft, don't we? <laughs> but, but the thing is, as as I said, as I said to him, and as he sort of felt, I said to him, "Look, you know, you're doing this now, so you've actually picked this up at one of the most challenging times of year." Yeah, he has. By the time you roll around and try and do one in, you know, April or March or sometime when it starts to get a bit warmer, you could do this exact same route, and you will feel so so much better. Yeah, I mean, not to that's not even including the fitness gains and everything that he's going to have, but yeah, no, exactly. The weather makes so much difference. Yeah, and and the other thing as well, and I know, and again, this comes down to you know a certain level of smugness or arrogance, whichever word you want to use. But I always think to myself, you know what it's like, is if somebody goes out and you say, oh yeah, I've just run ten miles, and they go, mm. you what? Yeah, how do you do that? You know, you get that kind of like, yeah, I can do it. You know, yeah. I can do it. Not everyone, clearly not everyone can do it. And you give that little, you know, that little mental boost to yourself. We say that, but I, I, do, I do believe that every able-bodied person can finish a marathon and can run the whole time. Of course, of course. But my, my point is, it's that case of when you're demotivated because of the weather, when you're yeah. demotivated because of that, and you force yourself, you overcome that barrier, you know, you're putting yourself through all that trouble. The reward is the knowledge that you did it and maybe other people didn't and it can give you that edge. Mm. That's what I think at least. Yes, no, definitely, definitely. And that's us thinking like that is probably the competitor in us. But I think everybody has that competitor, that person that wants to sort of prove themselves to be, you know, in like an elite class of people, if that makes sense. Yeah, and the thing is, you know, don't get me wrong, we're not all... Kipchoge's and Usain Bolt's and you know champions no but, but you've got to be your own champion and that's it and I think you even didn't you write that somewhere in your notes you said that <laughs> so what I've got written here is this is where champions are made and there it's so true the winter is where champions are made yeah and like you just can't avoid it like you've got it you can't just take the whole winter off and then start training in the summer and expect to be your best self yeah because you, you won't be <laughs> it's, it's as simple as that but let's uh, let's talk about a couple of like little tricks and things that we have because I've got a couple of them down here. So one of the ones that I thought was quite interesting that you mentioned, and it's something that I naturally do anyway, but it's quite cool that you see it as kind of a start to getting out the door before you've got out the door, is just stretching and just preparing yourself for a run before you go. Oh, yeah. Like once you've done that, 
you're underway. Like the ball's rolling. You almost have to go out. Yeah, no, that's... I'll tell you what I do as well is I will get up and you know what it's like if you get out of bed normally and you, know, you put your pyjamas or your dressing gown whatever you put on first normally I find that if I put on my running gear like a, a you know a shirt and shorts or you know whatever I put on yeah. I feel like as soon as I get in that gear I kind of mentally I'm like okay right now it's time to yeah it's time to it's, run it's time to get it's going training now. time yeah. yeah you know rather than because the thing is if I get up and if I you know if I'm in dressing gown I you know, go downstairs and I have breakfast and I'm put the kettle on and all this sort of thing oh as soon yeah well as soon as I eat something as soon as I eat anything to me that's right I'm not training for another couple of hours now exactly so <laughs> so it's it's doing something like that to to get yourself going yeah definitely I, I, like, I like that I like that as a good trick and what we've also talked about as well is your choice of route as well your choice yeah. of where you go because if you're doing let's say you planned an out and back it's so easy to just turn around early and just you know just head back yeah but if you've got a big loop for example yeah and you can't get back to your house or say if you're doing multiple loops of if you've got a six mile run you're going to do three two mile loops it's so easy to just stop after the first or the second one and just yeah. call it a day. That's a big thing that I... It's the reason that generally, generally, I don't like laps courses Yeah, so much. I think I just, about every, just about every runner that I know, and I don't personally struggle with this, I don't know why, but just about every runner says, I cannot stand running past the point yeah. where I could finish. Yeah, it, it's a massive thing for me, and I think it comes at those times in the cold especially like you've got to yeah you got to really dig deep to get past it. and the thing is once i do that once i'm past it i feel okay again but <laughs> i'll tell you what, i'll tell you what it is, is it's that kind of you know when you can see the finish line is you can see the finish line and it's having to run past it and go oh i've got to that, do that again that, or that, two or three times more that yeah 500 meters is by a long 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 way the toughest bit i think of of a route if it, if it involves going past the finish line hugely Fair enough. And this is from a guy whose probably biggest success came on a track where you had to run past the finish line three times before you... Yeah. Before, well, no, four times because you start back, don't you? Yeah. So, yeah, you had to run past the finish line within the first nine metres of your race. <laughs> oh, dear. Which is, is not easy. Uh, and another one that you said as well is you thought you felt like you were beating the system yeah. by, by getting out and doing something. That's... Which I quite like that, like a... Well, that comes... Kind of a, a middle finger to <laughs> to the man. Yeah, I mean, that comes from, like I say, that feeling of I did it and no one else did. It feels like the system, especially at December, you know, oh, you, know you won't have time to do anything else here because work, no matter what industry you're in, it always, you know, most of them get really busy at this mm. time of year. Obviously, you've got, you know, possibly Christmas shopping, you've got family visits, you've got so much stuff to do. And if you can mentally get past that barrier of... Yeah, oh, I don't have time to do it. You can sort of proudly go around thinking like, yeah, I did it. Yeah, that's what I mean. Is you, <laughs> no, I like you, that. You beat that December rush a little bit, you know. No, definitely. And the last little trick that we've touched on a little bit, but I quite like this one, is just setting yourself aside a time to go train. So, for example, I tell myself every day, 10 a.m., that's practice time. Yeah. From 10 until 12.30, that's when I'm training. And that's stretches, start stretching at that time, and you get out and you do your run and then I've got my drills and my strength work and that time is set aside and it's focused on training. Yeah, sure. And obviously 10 till 12.30 doesn't work for a lot of people and that's also a really long time. Like most people don't need more than half an hour, 45 minutes, maybe an hour to train and you can quite easily do that from five until six after work, from six until seven before work or seven till eight before work. 
every most well not everybody because some people don't but most people have an hour free in their day yeah we've said it before if you can consistently set aside that time at a certain time a day where you're like this is training time yeah. you're gonna yeah you know like if it, it, it just gives you that accountability you're gonna do well with that yeah i agree and you can use that time productively yeah sweet so I think that's probably everything we want to talk about in our little winter survival guide. Yeah, there it is. How to survive the winter grind. However. <laughs> oh, here we go. I have one last thing that I want to inject. Uh, you said that you were holding something out for me at the start. So I'm intrigued to see what this is. It's pretty cool. Um, just give me two moments just to find it on here. Go ahead. The most exciting thing is I got a phone call earlier today. Was it? <laughs> go on. What was it? Got, oh, wait. Oh, I know what this is. <laughs> I Ooh. I got my position confirmed today in the London 2012, uh, 2020 marathon. Wow. <laughs> That's big news. Yeah. That is big news from somebody who's been trying to get into London since when? Uh, seven or eight years now. Jeez. Oh, man. So I kind of hoped that you would not make it this year and it, it would be a couple of years that we could run our first London <laughs> marathon together. But... Man, that's awesome. Yeah, I wanted nice. to hold off and try and sneak it in in the pod somewhere. So I thought I'd hold it off in the last couple of minutes. But Ooh, that's, a good, that's a really good note to end on because now we can throw down the gauntlet for another challenge after <laughs> post park run challenge. Exactly. Which is, I mean, we touched on, I think it was off mic that we spoke about this, but we've accidentally periodized you really well <laughs> for the 5K. And in doing that, we've now accidentally periodized you really well for the marathon. Yeah, exactly. we can focus on, we're doing a little speed work now. Yeah. And then we'll do a little rebase phase. And we'll, have, we'll run like a 10K or a half marathon or I something. Can see, and then you're going to smash that marathon. I can see the excitement. So let's finish No, it. I'm very excited. <laughs> I have a goal in mind for you already. And I'm going to throw down the challenge probably, probably in the new year at some point. God, well. So... Yeah, look out for that announcement. There you go. You heard it Rubbing my hands together, just (laughs) like you were earlier. That's it, yeah. Well, you heard it here. I thought that was the best way to introduce it. We can throw it down to our listeners as a little little sort of thank you for getting to the end of the pod. Um, So I hope that everyone's winter running goes really well. And now I guess I've got five months to uh, (laughs) get my arse in gear. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, Yeah, you're (laughs) going to be worked real hard. You thought 5K training and mile training was hard, but... Here we go. No, there it is. So there there we go, guys. That's how to get through the winter grind as told by me and Sam. If you have any other tips that you think help you or anything that you think we may have missed, let us know. Chuck us a comment or a DM or whatever. But yeah, thanks for tuning in. I've been Kieran Clements. And I've been Sam Wade. And this is Steadcast. Steadcast.